brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank all our spiritual cuts leaders out there who's doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ and spreading the gospel throughout the earth and throughout the world. The word is gone in so many places and so many people are now understanding and listening to what the word of eternal life is speaking to the people of God. We're going to thank God for all those who are out there in these different countries in New Zealand and Belgium and all these seven unknown and 12 to 13 unknown countries out there that is listening to us. And I thank you because you are part of the Spiritual Cuts ministry as well, because this ministry belongs to those who's doing the work of what God is calling us to do as teaching the words of eternal life. So I don't know you, but I'm getting to know you by you listening to what God is speaking to you. So we'll meet again soon, someday. But I want you to know that although I'm here and you are there, I pray that God continue to manifest his glory in your life, in your family life, and in the life of those you are touching each and every time you speak the words of eternal life. This is not an easy message to discuss or have a, a conversation about with spiritual people because you because spiritual people is in the flesh and you cannot please God in the flesh but holiness and his righteousness and his eternal glory that abides in us take us beyond flesh and blood and bring us into the knowledge of who God is and if you continue to do what you're doing watch the watch the experience Experience that God is going to give you and give us as we continue to teach this word of eternal life. So I want to thank all my spiritual cuts leaders all over the country and all over the world. I may not, like I said a minute ago, know who you are, but God know what you are doing. And that's what I do this for. I do, I speak, and I say, and I teach the words of eternal life because God commanded me to do so. And I thank you as you're beginning to understand the operation of the spirit of him and the promise of our father. And without further ado, we're going to continue where we left off, my brothers and sisters. Without further ado, we're just going to move forward and go where God called us to do. We're going to start in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2. And it reads, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instructions of wisdom, to receive the instructions of justice, to receive the inst instructions of judgment, to read, receive the instructions of equity. And this sometimes can be hard, and the key word here is to receive. Because everybody don't receive what you have or speak of the words that comes from God. Because their affiliation prevents them from actually receiving what you have from God because they're in a place where they're institutionalized. They've been so in that same place, uh, huh? They've confound to where they're at. It is amazing how they'll hear you, but they won't be listening. You know what I mean? A person can hear what you're saying, but not listening to what you're saying. So I just want you to understand that in verse 4 in Proverbs 1, it says to give prudence to the simple, meaning to give instructions or to give, you know, to show interest or care, to let them know or provide them with a future. 
Because the simple need to be explained, things that need to be explained. They say even those who have been teaching need to be taught again in Hebrews chapter 5. Huh? So that they need to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. Maybe some person or somebody out there who's been taught need to be taught again. I did. Someone had to teach me again the first oracles of the principles of God which is the words of eternal life. He spoke in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. He says to the, he says, and the, and the Lord God says that, and they have become like one of us. Huh? To have the knowledge of good and evil unless they put their hand out to the tree of eternal life and live forever again if they eat from it. Huh? That was the first principles of the oracles of God. So they that are out there need to be taught. That are teaching need to be taught again. So you fall in a category. Don't feel too embarrassed to do so because it's a it's it's, it's the word of God saying that we need to be retaught again. In verse four it says to give prudence to the simple, huh? To give prudence to the young man, and to give the knowledge to the young man. And to give the knowledge to the young woman and discretion. A wise man, verse 5, a wise man and a wise woman will hear and increase learning. You can hear without learning. You can hear without even paying attention. But to hear and increase learning is the instructions of the wise man or the wise woman. Huh? And they get what? And a man or a woman understanding will attain wise counselor. Huh? To understand a proverb and the enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. And I know I speak a lot of riddles when I'm speaking, so I, I thank God they got this word riddle on here. So the fact of the matter, and verse 7 says, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Is the beginning of knowledge. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge because knowledge comes from out of God. And if you are believing what man says over what God is saying, you don't fear God, you fear man. So the fear of God is when you actually receive the knowledge. When you spit or speak or Per se, proclaim the knowledge of God. It shows that you have a, a, a sense of fear for his word. But when you go around and speak the words of this hill from out of where you come from and what you're being taught, that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. Huh? And just death has to occur to everybody. You're not speaking from out of the knowledge of God. And it indicates that you are not fearing God because you don't have the knowledge. But the knowledge shows that you have the fear. And it says, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. This is so powerful because I was a fool at one time. Oh, foolish one, Paul says in Galatians. He says, oh, foolish one, who has bewitched you? In the teaching of the knowledge of God. So Pastor D is saying in 2023, 2,000 plus years later, from out of what they said in Galatians, oh foolish one. 
who have be who who has bewitched you to reject the knowledge of God. But fools despise wisdom and instructions, my brother. In, in Proverbs chapter 2, let's just swing over one chapter over. We're going to go through for, uh, 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 one verse 1 and 2. And it says, my son and my daughter, if you receive my word of eternal life and the treasures, my commands within you, and treasure my command within my commands. See, Christ was commanded in John 6. And John chapter 12, verse 50, he was commanded to teach eternal life. Hmm? And he, and the treasure, treasure his, so Christ treasured God's commandment that was within him. So that you and I incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. See, the 18 inches from your heart to your mind is where God resides. So therefore, when you get understanding and you have the fear of God, which is the beginning of knowledge, you begin to display God in the body that is made without hand. So that you incline your ear to wisdom. Don't just listen to, if somebody telling you something about God, the least you can do is at least but, but participate in is, is understanding why he's saying what he's saying or why she's saying what she's saying. Amen. So let's move forward. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Let's get right to it. Let me find it, my brothers and sisters, and we're going to move right to it. There it is right there. And it reads, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, And God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. So God has put eternity in our hearts because he has made everything beautiful in his sight. So if you are saying tomorrow is not promising, we all have to die and we're not, we're not going to be here forever. You're taking eternity from out of the place where God abides, which is the heart and the mind, the 18 inches. So, my brothers, we have to understand that we got to get rid of some of the language because the word says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love the fruit thereof, they will eat the fruit they love. And as long as they're eating the fruit they love, they will continue to speak opposite of what their mouth is speaking. My old buddy used to tell me a pair of lips would say anything. And that's so true. Huh? A pair of lips will repeat anything. So therefore, if you're saying that life and death is in the power of tongues, look, look, look how simple this is. And you're saying tomorrow is not promised. And we all have to die. That is not in the, that's not in the regeneration class of people because the regeneration class of people don't speak about death in that way. Death has been defiled. Death has been destroyed. Huh? Because we, given, we have been given power over death through the knocking 
of God through his son Christ. See glory. In Luke chapter 10 verse 18. So God is telling me and you that if we don't change our life, if we don't change our verbiage, he says that you will never understand the beginning and the end of the thing that I'm doing that I started out doing in eternity. I put eternity in your heart. Jesus Christ. In verse 12, Ecclesiastes 3, and I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good, the good of all his or her labor. It is the gift of God. So the gift of God is that we have eternal life. Amen. So I want you to realize that the gift is God. In Romans 6.23, it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, and I know that whatever God does, he shall do it and it shall be forever. Whatever God put in our heart for eternity, it should be forever. Nothing be, can be added to that. So when you say tomorrow is not promised, you add to what God promised eternity into our hearts for he made it beautiful for us to go around and speak these words of eternal life. Huh? Nothing can, nothing can be taken away from it. And God does it that men should fear before him. So now the knowledge comes up again. So when we begin to fear, we begin to realize whatever God did in the beginning, he did it forever. Whatever God put, whenever God put eternity into our heart, he did it forever. In verse 15, and he says that, watch, and, and, and that which has, that which is, has already been. And what's to be has already been. And God requires an account for it to come to pass. Come out. So what this is really saying is that God gave us eternal life way in the beginning in Genesis 3.21, 3.20, when he created man, Christ created man from the dust of the ground and breathed the three bodies, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into that body. He gave him eternal life. So whatever he was doing with Adam way back then, he was doing it forever. And it was beautiful that he did it. Huh? I'm, I'm trying to stay cool today. So I wanted to give those scriptures, and I wanted to give one more, and, and I wanted to just go to Acts, and then we're going to get started. Amen? Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, verse 23. For as I was passing through Atlanta, Georgia, for as I was passing through Louisiana, for as I was passing through Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Las Vegas, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, as I was passing through Saudi Arabia, all these different countries and all these different places that God allowed for me to go South Korea. I even had a peak in North Korea at the border. And look, look what it says. For as I was passing through and consider the objects of your worship. Yeah. 
I've been to South Africa and I found that the people are worshiping all sorts of things. So as I consider the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, with this inscription to the unknown God. So when you go out and speak the words of guess what God promised, because God promised me and you eternal life in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. And he says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, and he says, don't let no one cheat you out of your reward. This is why I'm writing this to you, because there's going to be someone trying to deceive you. So now he says that mm, even found an author with the inscriptions to the unknown God. When you go out and say that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and, 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 and we're not going to be here forever, hey, maybe you don't want to be here forever, but God has a remnant group of people who wants to be here forever. So my brothers, I want you to realize that God is speaking to you and God is speaking to me about the unknown gods. Maybe the things that are taking place in the earthly realm has everything to do with the unknown God, the inscriptions. You may not be able to see it and even perceive it or understand it, huh? But God got an idea and God have a notion of what people are doing in the earth. And, and when, when, when Moses was up, huh, 40 days and 40 nights with, with, with Adam, I mean, excuse me, when Moses was up with God and they was up there having a discussion and Adam was actually talking and, and, and God interrupted Adam and said, look what they do down there. Look what your brother and your sister Miriam and your brother Ellen down there doing. They're worshiping a God that is unknown. Hmm? So now, if they did it then, it is still going on now. And that's why we are seeing all these fatalities and hurricanes and mudslides down in Las Vegas. And we're seeing all these different types of uh, hurricanes and tornadoes, huh? wildfires, snow. Matter of fact, you're having snowstorms. You're having all sorts of tragedy, huh? People shooting up people, people killing up people, men marrying men, women marrying women. You got all kind of things going on in the earthly realm. You got a thought, you got all kind of stuff that God is displeased with in the earthly realm. People accepting things that is not of God and call themselves spiritual. That's why I say spiritual people can't receive the kingdom of God because you cannot inherit the kingdom of God through flesh and blood. And spiritual people are still in the flesh, but the holiness. In Ephesians chapter 4, huh, verse 23 and 24, it said that uh, 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 renew the spirit of your mind. And put on the true righteousness of God. Put on the true holiness of God. See, holiness, he didn't say put on the true spiritualness of God. He says put on the true holiness of God and the righteousness, which is the eternal body, the eternal glory. Put on as a male and a female. He says put it on. Huh? Because he said I'm tired of the people in the earthly realm worshiping these unknown gods. Therefore, the one whom you who you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you the unknown God. We all have that. I'm proclaiming it to you. That's a God when you say that tomorrow is not promised. That's a God when you say that we all have to die because you are teaching things and telling things and speaking things of what man said. See, man is telling you about the unknown God because you don't know that the unknown God is his God. 
Acts chapter 17, verse 24. Look what God did again. Remember what I said in Ecclesiastes 3, God made everything beautiful in his time. Now we're in Acts 24, Acts 17, 24. God who made the world and everything in it and made it beautiful in his time. Since he is the Lord of the heavens and the earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Jesus, this is heavy to me. Because the unknown gods are worshiping temples in the body that was made from the dust of the ground. The body that was made with hands. But the body that was made on the sixth day, huh? God says that I am letting you know I don't I don't abide. I don't I don't I don't I don't dwell in temples that was made with hands. And anytime, I don't care how spiritual you may think you are, or holy you may think you are, or righteous you may think you are, or all filled with the spirit of God you may think you are, if your mindset is that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all not going to be here forever, you have already put the body in the earth that was made from the dust in the temple. And the temple of God cannot dwell in the place where, where flesh and blood is at. So you're going to have to make a decision today that whether you're going to serve the unknown gods or you're going to serve the God of this universe who made everything beautiful in its time, where he abides in eternity in the 18 inches of your heart and your mind. See, God has made everything beautiful for himself. Oh, my brother. Now, let us get to the message. So, in Matthew 19, where we left off in the regeneration of class of people, part two. Matthew. Everybody still with me? Let's get down. I'm taking my time today. Matthew 28. Excuse me, Matthew 19, verse 28. And Christ said, Surely I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sit on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes. And everyone who have left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. In the last episode, I explained the hundredfold. I explained in my for my name's sake. And I explained the inherited eternal life is to actually understand the hundredfold and how you receive it. God blessed Abraham in Genesis 14 after he went fought with kings. Five kings. He had 318 individuals that he took to fight with him, but they probably had 318 too. So you're talking about 1,590 people against 318 chosen people of Abraham. Now, you know kings, they have elite individuals in they, in they, as a soldier in the army for their protection. Yeah, old Liberty Abraham, who had 318. So just per se, if we saw Abraham went out there and fought 1,500 soldiers with 318 men, 
And my brothers, I want you to realize that God is doing something so powerful. He don't need a massive group of people to believe in eternal life. He just need a remnant group of people who can understand that they have power over death. Abraham knew he had power over death. So he went rescued his nephew Lot, not because the king asked him, because he made an obligation to his brother that he would protect. He made an obligation to his father that he would protect his grandson. He made an obligation to his family that if I take Lot with me, I'm going to protect him at all costs. He gave Lot more than what he had and Lot ended up, less, ended up having less than what Abraham gave him. So Abraham protected what God promised him because God knew that if Abraham go out and fight these five kings who had 1,590 individuals that was going to come up against them, he said to us, and he's saying to you that I want you to know that I can use less men to be a greater group of people because I'm God and I'm God all by myself. So Abraham went and fought and won the war of the 1,590 people and now Abraham come back and he meet God in the flesh who was named Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed him with 10% to prepare him for the promise. So when the promise was prepared, Abraham was ready for the glory. But he didn't understand what he was preparing him for because he thought what he wanted to give Abraham. Abraham thought he was going to produce out of his own body. So God let his body go dead before the 10% of what he gave him showed up. He served him wine, which is a symbol of blood. He served him bread, which is a symbol of, of the body. So God gave Abraham wine and blood. He gave him blood. Look at yonder. He gave him blood and a body. That's 10% to put in his body. But the body didn't produce until the seed fall to the ground and die. Abraham's body was dead before the 10% showed up. It's amazing how God can protect percent of himself in you and produce it when it's, it's in the scripture says that and God gives it a body as it pleases and every seed his own body. So God gave Abraham a 10% body of his own seed. Not the seed of Abraham, but his own seed. He gave it a body. And Abraham's body didn't receive the seed until the body of his flesh was dead and the body of the seed was able to be fertilized. Come on. So now, when you began to start teaching the 30, the 60, and the 100%, you began to see the picture of God in the spirit of him and the promise of our Father. So now, with that being said, I, I got some ways to go, so I got to get out of there. So he says that, huh, in the regeneration, you got to understand the 30, the 60, and the 90. So now Abraham after 10, in over 25 years, he developed the 30 and the 60. The 30 and the 60 made the 100% 100 fold or the 100 fold. Come on. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews 7, 7, and the lesser was blessed by the greater. That's what we do here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry. The lesser is blessed by the greater because when God began to give you the knowledge because of fear that you have for him, he began to get you to understand that the lesser is blessed by the greater. So when the lesser become great, they realize that they got to go out and deal with the lesser. Because huh. the lesser always start with the 10%. But the greater already is operating from out of the hundred. Uh-oh. 
So now, with that being said, I just wanted to say that and give you the title again, The Regeneration Class of People, Part 2. And now I'm going to get down with my message that I've prepared to give you, my brother. So here we go with that. It says there are a lot of centrifugal forces out there that Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders are unaware of. Centrifugal forces means an outward force on a body rotating about an axle, huh? assume equal and opposite of the centripetal forces and the postulate to account for the phenomena seen by an observer in the rotating body. Come on. Let me repeat, let me read that again. Centrifugal forces mean an outward force on a body rotating about an axle assumed equal and opposite to the centripetal, centripetal forces and apostolate to account for the phenomena seen by an observer in the rotating body. Centripetal means, or centripetal forces mean, it is directed toward the center which is opposite the centrific, central, uh, the centri cent uh, centrifugal. So, centripetal means it is directed toward the center, which is opposite to the centrif centrif centrifugal forces. So, central centripetal forces is opposite of centrifugal centrifugal forces. So, in other words, spiritual church, in other words, spiritually speaking, in other words, spiritually bringing this into account of what it actually means or in terms of what it is saying, so that we may have a comprehension and a vivid picture of understanding. It really saying this that the two bodies that God created and made on the sixth day in Genesis 1 26, that was his two sons that he made and created from out of Genesis 1 1 from the terrestrial, which is the earth. He made the Holy Spirit body from, and the, he made his son Christ from the celestial that was from the heavens and that God created in himself as a man in Genesis 1.27. Out of his image and in the image of God also on the sixth day, and then he took his spirit and he broke it down into 23 X chromosomes of a female and 23 Y chromosomes of a male, which makes up 46 chromosomes to produce a body, whether it be a male or female. And when it when either one is produced or birthed by a female or the X chromosome, it's birthed. It, it is birthed into the image of God. So when the female, the X chromosome, produces a charm, it has already been mandated by the Spirit of God what that child going to be. We hope for it to be a boy. We hope for it to be a little girl, a little beautiful girl, a little beautiful boy. But God has already used an X and Y chromosome to make it what he wanted to be. Because God gave it a seed and every seed his own body. Okay. Now, these are the two bodies plus the body of God, which makes up these now three bodies, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one against the sinner of your flesh. 
because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are these three bodies which abides in you and abides in me forever is where the law of the Spirit of the life of God, the life of Christ, and the life of the Holy Spirit abides in us from the 18 inches of our hearts and minds. These three bodies are always worn against the body of flesh that was made from the dust of the ground. But however, on the other hand, the two bodies that God made and created in Genesis 1, 26 of his two sons, which is Christ and the Holy Spirit and the body of God, he created of himself as a man huh, in his own image on the sixth day and made 23 X chromosomes of a female and 23 and 23 Y chromosomes of a male from out of the image of his spirit and breathed it into his two sons who is Christ and the Holy Spirit and made one body out of the three. Now you need to know that these bodies were made without hands by God on the sixth day and then God rested on the seventh day. Come on. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 21 and 23 when Christ took the woman from out of the from out of Adam. Uh oh we finna go somewhere here. When Christ took the woman from out of Adam, let me say that again. When Christ took the X, the, the 23 X chromosomes from out of Adam, and he presented and brought the 23 X chromosome or the female or the woman to Adam, the scripture says in capital letters, and he brought him the woman to the man who's in capital letters. Go back and read it. And when he was talking, he was speaking, this is bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He was actually speaking and talking about the two bodies that was made out of the X chromosomes and the X and the Y chromosome. The X 23 chromosomes of a female and the Y chromosome of a female. He wasn't talking about the body that was made from the dust of the ground because it was from the earth that was contaminated. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, and, and, and without form, and darkness on the face of the east, and the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Him hovered over the water. So the earth had to be baptized by the water and the Spirit because it was contaminated. So Adam came from out of the dust that was contaminated. And even the dust needed the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to be manifested as the glory. Why? Because God has made everything beautiful in His time. So He took what was contaminated, which was from the dust, and He, he put Himself inside of Adam. When Christ breathed the breath of life and Adam became a living soul, he breathed the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and his body became God. And the contaminated body that was cleaned up through the water in the Spirit, you cannot be baptized. John said, you cannot see or walk into the glory of God unless you're baptized by the water in the Spirit. So the earth had to be baptized by the water and Spirit. The dust had to be baptized by the water in the Spirit before God can breathe his three sons inside of the body. So the three sons that he put inside or him, this three people or the trinity that he put inside this body, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, huh? you have to remember that God had the X chromosomes, the 23 X chromosomes of a female and the 23 Y chromosomes of a male. He breathed inside this body. So when he breathed inside this body and he pulled out the real, he actually took out the 23 chromosomes of the X, which was the female. 
But when he come and he brought him to him, he wasn't talking to Adam, the body that was from the dust. He was talking from Adam, the body as the why. The 23 chromosomes of the Y and the 23 chromosomes of the X. He says, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh because the X and the Y chromosomes, 23 of them, came from out of God as 46. You got to be kidding me. So to know that God put all this in eternity inside of us, we have to realize on the sixth day when God created the man from the dust of the ground, when he made man in Genesis 1.26 out of the Holy Spirit, the terrestrial, when he made man from out of the terrestrial, who is the Holy Spirit, and when he made man from out of the celestial, which is the capitalist Christ, he put himself, took his spirit, made 23 chromosomes as an X, as a female. He took his spirit and made a chromosome X, uh, Y, as a male chromosome. And he put all this into that one body, and God rested on the seventh day. And Christ took that body that was in the body that was God, hey, glory, huh? on the seventh day, and he made man from the dust of the ground. So when he said the bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh, he couldn't have been talking to Adam. Because Adam means man from the earth. But the bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh didn't come from the earth. It came from out of the breath and the nostrils and the creation of God in his image and in his own image and after his likeness. So to prove the scriptures to be true that God made something on the sixth day, a house out of himself and gave it to us that he made without hands, we got to go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this, this tent, this tabernacle, is dissolved or destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So God made something eternal in the heavens on the sixth day that he's teaching us from out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. In the heavens, it didn't say heaven, but out of the heavens. And it says eternal in the heavens, which means the heaven and the earth. So it has to be true that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit had flesh before the word became flesh. So let's look back at uh, the definition of centrifugal forces. It means an outward force on a body rotating about an axle, an axis, assume equal and opposite to the centripetal forces and postulate to account for the phenomena seen by an observer in the rotating body. Centripetal forces mean it is directed toward the center, which is opposite the, centrif the cent centrifugal forces. When I spoke earlier pertaining to there are a lot of centrifugal forces out there that Christians and believers, believers and spiritual church leaders are unaware of. This is in essence or in retrospect that the two bodies that God made on the sixth day of his two sons, who is Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then after, huh, afterwards, God created a body of himself, huh, look at that, from the heavens and the earth informed it of a man and took his spirit 
and created 23 X chromosomes of a female and created 23 Y chromosomes of a male and made these three bodies out of one body. And then these three bodies was made without hands. Well, let me say it this way. And these house of God was made without hands. And let me say it this way. And this body and house and building was made without hands. I glory on the sixth day in his own image and in the image of God. These are the bodies that is uh, that is an outward force on the human flesh or on the body of flesh that was made from the dust of the ground on the on the seventh day in Genesis 2 7 while God was resting because you do know God was resting on the seventh day while the Lord God who is Christ formed from the dust of the ground and breathed the three bodies into man the body of God which had the 23 X chromosomes of a female and the Y chromosomes as a male through his spirit and the two bodies of his son of his two sons that he made from the terrestrial terrestrial which is the earth who is the Holy Spirit and the celestial, which is the heaven, who is Christ. So now he made these two bodies from the heavens and the earth, because I want you to understand how we know that is because in 1 Corinthians huh, 15, 39, 40, it says in all flesh is not the same flesh. That's a different type of flesh of men. That's a different type of flesh of bird animals. That's a different type of flesh of fish. But he said that watch in the next verse, verse 40, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. And he said, there's a celestial body and there's a terrestrial body and the glory is in the terrestrial and the celestial so the glory that God created on the sixth day was made out of the bodies of his two sons from out of the earth the terrestrial and out of the heavens the celestial and both of them was made out of his glory these are the bodies that is an outward force. These are the centrifugal forces. These are the centrifugal forces, and these are the bodies that, are, that is an outward force on the human flesh or on the body of flesh that was made from the dust of the ground, which is rotating as equal and opposite to the centripetal forces or the direct center of our flesh, where sin and death abide that we have an account for, and the phenomenal is seen and observed in the body of flesh as it rotates in our bodies on a daily basis. See, we war against the flesh and blood, and these centripetal forces that war against the flesh are out there to keep us and to stop us from learning the truth about God and coming into the knowledge and the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ. Hmm? For example, if I'm speaking the word of God to you, or better yet, if I'm sharing the word of God and revealing to you things, huh, you never heard before or peradventurely or perhaps you have heard it before and it hasn't been fully explained to you as I am doing. You reject 
the teaching, huh? And your ears become dull, dull of hearing because I am not your pastor or spiritual church leader. I am not your bishop. I am not your apostle. I'm not your pastor or teacher or simply because I'm not affiliated with your church denomination or affiliation or I'm not affiliated with your religion organization background. So you reject me or consider that what I am speaking cannot be true because I am not your pastor, spiritual church leader. And immediately and effectively, huh, the centrifugal forces start operating in you. But only this time, the centrifugal forces, it's not against your human flesh or your body of flesh. It is way beyond that. Because the words of eternal life is being spoken to you this time at that and that time, the centrifugal forces start operating against God. Come on. So let me give you some advice on that. Scripture teaches us that your arms put together with my arm is too short to box with God. So when you reject the words of eternal life and say this teaching here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry is not true and the teaching of God and Christ, you are rejecting God. You are not rejecting the ministry or this teaching so you can do your ministry like Burger King that been having this slogan ever since 1974. You can have it your way. Come on. Ever since night, you can have it your way. And I love God because God is not going to put restraint on you to actually receive. Because in John chapter 6, verse 66, Christ was teaching about the bread of life, that he was the eternal life. If you eat of my bread, if you eat of my bread, if you eat of my flesh, and if you eat of this bread, and you drink of my blood, he said, if you drink of my blood, he said, you shall live forever and not die and have eternal life. Because the spirit, the flesh profits nothing but the spirit of him. And the prophet and the promise of our father quicken, give light to the dead flesh. Huh? So even they, them walked off. So I want you to realize in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, God says, I have set before you. Let me say that again. He said, I have called heavens and earth as a witness today against you. So now we're back with the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now he's calling it to witness. But the heavens, the earth was contaminated and the earth needed the spirit and the water to be baptized and, re and rebirthed again in order for the dust of the ground to be uh, in the position where the power and the anointing of the X chromosomes of the, tw the 23 X chromosomes of a female and the Y chromosomes. 23 Y chromosomes of a male could be put into the body from the dust of the ground. God had to clean the dust and the earth up before he put himself in it. Same process with you and I. My brother, y'all got to get this. So he said, I have called heaven and earth as a witness today against you. That's heavy. That I have set before you life. That I have set before you eternal life. I have set before you damnation. I have set before you death. I have set before you iniquity. I have set before you sin and death. Blessing and cursing. 
Therefore, choose eternal life that both you and your descendants may live. See, this message is so powerful, so you may not comprehend it or understand it. We need to start speaking to our children and our grandchildren and our children's children about the words of eternal life because many that came through the desert that didn't make it to the promised land, that they died because they didn't believe in the promise. See, they thought they was going to get something from out of the land without having an obligation to bring something there. They had to bring the spirit and the promise and the body of God, huh? In the fullness of the Godhead into the promise in order for the land to be called the promised land. So they thought they was going to receive something because God made a promise that he's not slack as men do, was able to perform it, but he was trying to get them the teaching through Moses. So they rejected. So all those who rejected this word of eternal life, I see you when I see you because you're going to be on the other side and you are not falling Christ and picking up your cross because your cross has picked you up and you are following it. So therefore, Christ is saying that in the word of God that he has set before you, God set before me, God set before us eternal life, death, blessings and cursing. And he says, choose out of the three I just named, choose eternal life. That both you and your descendants I'm excited, my brothers and sisters, because my granddaughters and my grandsons is going to be learning these words of eternal life. So I want to get this word out of here. So I, 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 I'm just so excited of what God is doing in my grandsons and granddaughters and my sons and my daughters. This is the regeneration class of people. He wants you to realize the regeneration class of people are those who chose eternal life. That's why I'm teaching on this message that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to God, not man, not a church, not a building, not a spiritual church leader, not a a bishop or apostle. Most people always say, well, how was church? Oh, bishop really preached. Oh, the apostle really preached. Oh, pastor did a great, oh, you should have seen They say nothing about what God did, but God is letting me know. He says that you may cling to me as God, for God is your eternal life. And God is your length of days. God had a desire to the Israelites the Israelite, to give the Israelite eternal life and unlimited, unlimited length of day to live in the land to manifest his promise. Amen. So what that being said, you can take up the ministry from Burger King if you want. And you can have it your way, all you want. Let's visit Hosea chapter 4. Verse, we have all been taught, or for sure we have all heard this particular verse. I'm sure Hosea 4, 6, which says briefly, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But not many has been taught on the previous verses of scriptures. So let's go to Hosea chapter 4. Amen. So what it says, but not many has been taught on the previous verse. Jose 4.1 says, hear the word of the Lord. Jose 4.1 says, hear the word of God. You children 
that whosoever move Baptist Church. The word of God says, you children of God, that whosoever move Presbyterian Church, whosoever move Catholic Church, whosoever move Jehovah Witness Church, whosoever move Church of Christ, whosoever move Church you're at, he says, if you don't know where it is, the whosoever move church is, I'm talking about the one you're attending right now. So whatever denomination of church affiliation you're attending and connecting to, eventually, or perhaps, this could be considered the whosoever move church. Come on. Now look what scriptures or God himself is speaking to the whosoever move churches out there. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of the whosoever move church. Whosoever, who hear the word of the Lord, who's saying tomorrow's not promised. Hear the word of the Lord to those who are saying that we all have to die. Hear the word of the Lord. To all those who saying that we're not going to be here forever. God says in Ezekiel 18 verse 31 and 32, he says, get yourself a new heart, a new mind where I'll buy that 18 inches from your heart. He says that get yourself a new heart and a new mind. Why will ye die, O house of whosoever moved church? He said, why will ye die? O house of Israel, because I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died. He said, live, turn and live and receive eternal life, the eternal glory, the teaching of my son Christ, the spirit of him and the promise of our father. For God brings a charge against the inhabitants or against the people of God who's in the land. I mean, who has, has Jose? Don't forget where I'm at. I'm in Jose chapter 4. Huh? He says, For God brings a charge against you. Hear the words of the Lord. Hear the words of God. I give it. I bring a charge against the inhabitants. I bring a charge against the whosoever moves church. I bring a charge against those who are listening to pastors and preachers, men who are speaking the words against me. My testimony in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9, 10, and 11 says that I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died because I gave you because the testimony of men is not greater than the testimony of God. He said that my testimony, my record that I told you I gave you eternal life through my eternal son. There's no truth or mercy or knowledge in the land. That's heaven because there's a lot of not, there's a lot of, there's a lot of zeal for the knowledge, but there's not a lot of knowledge. Verse 2 says, by swearing and lying, all this I'm about to say and read in verse 2 in Hosea chapter 4 is actually taking place in the earth. They are lying, they're swearing, they're killing, they're stealing, they're committing adultery, men marrying men, women marrying women, and they're all breaking restraints. 
with bloodshed upon bloodshed. Now tell me that ain't true. We got fatalities. We got all types of uh, we got all types of hurricanes and tornadoes, mudslides, all in Las Vegas, fire, wildfires, and all these different places that we you got drowning. Huh? All over this world, there's different types of stuff that is taking place because God has got the plagues. You remember when Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go? He's talking to the leaders right now. He said, let my people go. Hmm? You don't put yourself, you put yourself in a you put yourself in a position of Pharaoh. Because God wants you to realize that he's speaking to his people, his children. So God wants us to realize that he is God and he's God all by himself. Therefore, the land and the people will mourn and everyone who dwells there will waste away. That's verse 3 in Hosea 3. See, people haven't, see, they brought you to Hosea 4, 6, but they hadn't brought you to Hosea 4, 3, 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5. So I'm finna read this here. So, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to where I'm going. So I want you to realize with the beast, he says, you're going to waste away with the beasts of the field. You're going to waste away with the birds of the air. You're going to waste away with the fish of the sea and will be taken away. Now that's God. Ain't that so amazing? Hosea, 4, uh, Hosea chapter 4 verse 4. Now let no man contend or rebuke another. For your people who attend, attend whosoever move church like the like the content with spiritual church leaders who has the knowledge of God and the teaching of the eternal glory of Christ and the teaching of Christ and God who has chosen us from his royal priesthood, whether you're male or female, to teach the words of eternal life. Verse 5 in Hosea chapter 4, Therefore, the whosoever moved church shall stumble in those days the prophets, the bishops, the pastors, the apostles, the pastors, the spiritual church leaders, the teachers shall also stumble in those days and in that night as well. There's a lot of falling away in the churches because there's a stumble taking place. This is the part that get me in verse 5 in Hosea. As a spiritual church leader, when God said in Hosea, 4 verse 5 and I will destroy your mother come on see the spiritual church leaders are not teaching this they're only talking about a clause, a clause in Hosea 4 6 but God said I will destroy your mama come on that sounds like fighting words where I come from see when you talked about my mama put a stick on my shoulder you didn't have to knock the stick off back in my day all you had to do is say something about my mama now you could say something about daddy but you say something about mama oh we finna get down with this here don't, don't talk about my mama huh so God is very serious about huh, blessing us that he has promised us eternal life God is really saying, if you reject something I truly love, John 3, 16, he so loved the word, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever moved, whosoever believed in his son, Jesus, as the Lamb of God, who has become the Christ, shall have eternal life. 
Huh? He said, if you take something away, I truly love. He said, if you reject something I truly love, he said, I will destroy and take away something you truly love. Your mother. Mm. My mother passed away while I was in a war in 1991. The Gulf War. And that hurted me. And, I, and I'm ashamed to say it almost took my life. It was devastating. And it devastated me tremendously. But I realized that maybe God took my mother, my mother life, to save my life. You hear what I'm saying? To teach the words of eternal life. Why I say this is because my unit, Alpha Company, under the 197 Infantry Battalion, came under attack. And I had a gunfire after I left to go attend my to go attend my mother's funeral. Maybe God snatched me from out of that, and maybe Mama knew something that I couldn't comprehend or understand, and she sacrificed herself to get me out because she had already used to tell me that God had something in store for you, and she was willing to sacrifice her life for my life, to teach the word of eternal life that God had in store for me. Oh, my brothers, one day we'll chop it up and we'll talk about that a little bit more because my mother used to speak and prophesy. Her name was Mary. She used to speak and prophesy in my life. At 11 children, she spoke and prophesied in my life that God has something in store for you, son. I used to see her reading and studying and, and every now and then she would come across and she would tell me the prophecy that God has given her through her studying and her relationship with God. Jose 4.6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because the people who attend whosoever move church have rejected the knowledge of God and accepted the teaching and the doctrine and the commandments of men over the doctrine and the teaching and the commandments of Christ and God. Matthew 23, 8 says, and Christ is our teacher. John 6, 45 says, and we all are taught by God. We all are learned and taught by God. So if Christ is our teacher, Christ had to be taught and learned by God to teach us as who he was, as Christ. So he was commanded to teach eternal life because he was taught by God. That's why here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast, we're going to continue to rightly divide the word of truth about speaking on eternal life. Someone will have to change the language of the church. Someone will have to change the language of the people who call themselves spiritual in the church. They're going to have to understand that tomorrow is not promised. It's not the verbiage of God. Huh? We all have to die. It's not the verbiage of God. He wouldn't have sent them in the land that we wanted them to bring the promise if tomorrow wasn't promised. They was in the wilderness for 40, 40 years and now one of them changed shoes or changed clothes. So you can't tell me that ain't a God. Hmm? Because God is the knowledge. Because people reject the knowledge of God. They have rejected 
And all these things we see in the earth is happening because people have rejected him as God because God is the knowledge. God is taking things away from the church or whosoever moved church because the spiritual church leaders is teaching their members to have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Habakkuk 2.14 says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. She glory as the water covers the sea. So the spirit and the water and the glory is still over the water as the water is being manifested through the glory. Even the water had to be baptized by the spirit so that the spirit can abide with the water to be baptized, the earth. So the knowledge of the glory, huh? So the knowledge is uh, the, the knowledge is the glory of God. So in essence, and in retrospect, the spiritual church leaders are rejecting the glory of God if they're rejecting the knowledge. If you're walking around saying tomorrow's not promised, we all have to die, you're rejecting the knowledge. Jesus came to bring the knowledge of salvation, but Christ came to bring the eternal salvation of the eternal spirit of God through the knowledge. Come on. In Luke chapter 1, verse 77. And in Ephesians chapter 2, you're going to have to go back and read that he brought the eternal salvation. In Hebrews and in Ephesians chapter 2. In Hebrews chapter, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. So we got to realize the eternal salvation. See, you can be saved, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, but you got, that doesn't mean that you have the knowledge. That means that you have become in the process of what you're supposed to be. Isaiah. Oh, God. Isaiah 28, 9 says, whom will, whom will God get to teach the knowledge? Isaiah saw the glory of God in, in John chapter 11, in John chapter 12, verse 43, in the scripture says, and Isaiah saw him in his glory. He was not even manifested yet. God took Isaiah into a place to see the glory of Christ and the glory of the glory of Jesus and the glory of God. He saw him in his glory that was coming 42 generations later. Cowboy. Go back to John chapter 12, verse 43. And Isaiah said, men praise, uh, people praise men more than they praise God. And they saw, he says, and Isaiah saw him in his glory. Come on. And God says in Isaiah 28, 9, whom will I get to teach knowledge? Whom will I get? Huh? To make to understand the message of eternal life. Who would I get to teach it? Huh? The regeneration class of people has to realize that someone has to stand up and teach these words of eternal life. This is the regeneration people. We are in a class all by ourselves. So if you want to join and actually start walking with God promised us, you need to start understanding that you are part of the regeneration class. Oh, buddy. In Isaiah 53, 1, he says, who will believe in our report? Who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who will believe in our report? The X, 23X chromosomes. Who will believe in our report? The Y, 23X, the 23 chromosomes. The X chromosomes of a female. The 23X chromosomes of a male. The 23 Y chromosomes of a male and the 23 
X chromosomes of a female. Who will believe in my report and how God manifests his glory? How bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh, how he snatched his 23 chromosomes from my who will believe in my report? How he took his spirit and made chromosomes from out of his spirit and made a man from out of his spirit and made himself as a man in the chromosome of a male and a female and put in the man he made from the heavens and the earth, his two sons, and he made three out of the one, one out of the three. And then God rested the 23 chromosomes of a woman, the X, and the 23 Y chromosomes of a male, where a male was manifested with the two sons as God being the head of the house. Take glory. Body that is made without hands. Whom will I get to believe in the report? And whom has believe in the arms of God that has been revealed. This is where the promise of our father church derived from out of. The promise of our father book online says, uh, the promise of our father in whom, whom has believed in our report. Who has believed in our report? So now I want to go back to in the closing. So y'all just hang with me. You got to listen to this message because this message is powerful. Let's go back to Matthew 19, 28. So Jesus said to his disciples, for sure I say to you. And let me say that again. And Christ said to his disciples, I say to you. Let me say that again. And God said to his disciples. And God said to them. And Christ said to them. And the Holy Spirit said to them. I say to you that in the regeneration. When the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you have followed him. You will also sit on the 12th throne, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You can't judge something if your lips is, uh, your lips is sold together. You can't judge something if your eyes is sold together. You can't judge something or speak about something if your mouth is it's to the top of your palate. You can't judge anything if you're laying down and being judged. And everyone, that including you, my brothers and sisters, here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, and all those in Belgium, and all those in New Zealand, and all those in these different unknown countries, 12, 13, 14 different unknown countries, all y'all all across the United States, and all these cities and states and towns, share this word. He says, all y'all. And everyone who has left their house and left their brothers and left their sisters and left their mother, left their wife, left their children and left their land and left their husband, left men loving men, left women loving women, and left all this foolishness, adultery, left all these things, uh, they shall receive a hundredfold. But we have a message out there that explains how you receive the hundredfold, the ten that Abraham received when he was when he encountered Machadadek, and in essence, who was God in. In, in Hebrews chapter 7, huh, had no mother, had no father. See, the 10% came from a man that was in the flesh as God, as Machadadek, who was God in the earth as a man. And then actually God said, now your body has to die in order for the 10 to show up so that the 30 and the 60, so you can get to the 100 fold. So now you receive in his name who is Christ. 
Christ is the name of God. Christ is the name of Jesus. He said, in my name, in John 16, we have a message on that. So you got to go back to John 16 and listen to these messages, my brothers and sisters, when he says, in my name, he said, when you ask the Father in my name, when you pray to the Father in my name, what is his name that you're praying him? And they said, G.G., Christ asked, uh, in Matthew 16, 16, he asked, Asked the uh, disciples, who do men say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So what is his name? So now we discussed that in the last podcast. So, but the inherited eternal life is to start walking in the regeneration class of people. You can't inherit it, eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 15, verse 50. Flesh and blood cannot inherit it eternal law. My brothers, this is, the, this is a message of the mind. This is a message of the heart. This is a message of the spirit. So you have to go beyond the mind, heart, and spirit in order to get into the place where the body of God that was made without hands abides. Because if you're in flesh and blood, you have already left the mind. If you're in flesh and blood, you have already left the heart. And if you don't leave these things, your brothers, your sisters, your wife, your husband, your children, your children's children, sometimes he's not saying leave them. He's saying you got to put them in the perspective where you understand where they belong. Because the fact of the matter, they inherited what God promised. I have to give up everything. And I don't mind. And that's why I'm teaching this words of eternal life. Huh? Because many are first and first and the first should be last. Because the thing that we learn first has to become last. And the thing that we're learning now, which is last, is now first. Because the words of eternal life come first. The law came first, and it has to be last. The church is still teaching the law. We all have to die is the law. Tomorrow is not promised, it's the law. Huh? We're not going to be here forever is the teaching of the law. But the eternal glory of God is the spirit. Let me get out of that. So now, my brothers, I want to get a definition of regeneration, and we're going to close this out. There's three definitions that I, that I found that regeneration has a meaning to. And the first one was electronically. The definition of regeneration pertaining electronically is a feedback process in which energy from the output of an amplifier is fed back to the grid circuit to reinforce the input. The bodies that is rotating on the outside of the axle, in glory, huh? That is putting back into the input, which is the center, huh? The central pedal, the central pedal forces is being reinforced by the output. So it's the process of energy. So the energy of the Father, the energy of the Son, the energy of the Holy Spirit is the output that is amplifying the input. The glory. Reinforcing it. The second definition is biology. The biology means the restoration of the new growth by an organism of organs or tissue that has been lost or removed or injured. So the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and steal, steal, kill, and destroy so that you may lose and be injured. He comes to hurt you. He comes to destroy you. He comes to persecute 
persecute you, but you are not down. You are not destroyed and you are not in despair. You have to walk through the pain and walk through the, 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 the despair to get to where the glory is. You got to be hard pressed on every side. That's for your purpose. So the restoration or the new growth, because new growth is coming from out of this, this, this situation or the circumstances that you're in. See, it's hard to become what you want to be if there's no pressure applied for you to become it. And the third one is hmm, theology. The theology definition of regeneration is spiritually. The regeneration class of people is spiritual rebirth. Jesus Christ. But I want to say the holiness of rebirth. The holiness of eternal life. We have in the religious revival, the holiness of rebirth, the holiness of eternal life is the regeneration class of people. And I want you to realize that's who you are as God's son and God's daughter. This is Pastor D. Washington letting you know that you are part of the regeneration class of people. We're going to work on this message continuously. We're going to continue the regeneration and glory until God bring us from out of it. This is Pastor I want to regenerate the rebirthing of the rest. Holiness of God. God looking for holiness, not spiritual people. Hey, the rebirth, the regeneration class of people God wants you to be a part of. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live out of Atlanta, Georgia. Continue to be blessed and may God bless you and your family forever. Continue to do the work of the ministry. And continue out there, Belgium, continue out there, New Zealand, continue out there, all these unknown countries to listen to this message. And I pray that this message is a little lengthy, but I pray that you continue. If you got to listen to it in parts, listen to it in parts. Um, and let me tell you something. God is doing a great work in the ministry. And I thank God for the blessings of all what he's been bestowing upon us. Here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, you can reach us at 678 764-1614. We got books online, books a million, bones and noble. And I'm telling you, my brother, this books ties into everything we've been teaching. And I want you to realize that you can we can be found on the podcast. The Promise of Our Father podcast. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Instagram, you go to Spotify, Podbean Podcast, whatever one you put in at Google, Google Podcast, there's so many different avenues. Whatever you use, just type in. The Prime of Our Father podcast. And it should come up with Pastor D. Washington. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen.